It's 12 minutes past seven. You're with Pumi Mashekho and we're on Womanda. That, as Duncan keeps telling me, is the new John Legend. I love John Legend and I love how he sounds, but I didn't know that that was the new one until right this minute. I hope you enjoyed that, but I really hope you enjoyed this show today. We're talking about a little bit more peace and a little bit more love. It's springtime and it's spring cleaning time for most girls out there. And we're going to be talking about spring cleaning the soul. Living Miracle South African Tour. I've got the whole team on the line. They all woke up in the middle of the night. David and Kirsten are in uh, Mexico and they woke up for us. Francis and Jason are in Ohio and they woke up for us. Thank you so much for joining me today. You can call us and tell us about your experience and you can share with us and ask questions on our studio number 0861-555-189 or on Twitter at cliffcentral.com or pumimashoho one or on our WeChat official account on Facebook, on Instagram. You know how this rolls by now. And we are on radio. We're on cliffcentral.com. It's Womandla. And I am talking to David Hofmeister and the Messengers of Peace. Hello, guys. Is everybody Hi, there man. online? Yeah. This is super exciting. I'm so glad you guys all woke up for me this morning. <laughs> We're we're glad to be here. We're very happy. You sound very happy. I am very excited to be talking to you guys because I've been doing a little bit of research and kind of on the living miracles and and your tour and what you preaching. And I'm so excited to share that with my listeners today. If you, David, I'll start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey and being a living miracle. Well... For me, it's been a journey to, to find authentic uh, happiness, and it's been a journey of transparency because I think a lot of us grow up in this world trying to adapt, adjust to very difficult uh, circumstances in our life, and then we start to gradually take responsibility for our state of mind and realize that um, we do have a choice in our perception and we can let go of grievances, and so... I started to become very interested in forgiveness and just really deep, true forgiveness where I didn't hold any grievances or grudges against anyone. And then over a number of years, I started to get happier and happier, and then a group of us started to be drawn together in this freedom and happiness. And we felt really called by the Spirit to to just share this and to reach out. So I I've been around the United States to 49 of the 50 states and then to about 32 countries in the world, and this will be my first trip down to South Africa, the same for all of us. So we're, we're very excited about just being able to come and meet with people for very hard-to-hard talks. Tell me about, about that. We here in South Africa know a little bit about talking and a little bit about forgiveness. I'm sure everyone around the world heard about um, our TRC and the the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which sought to create and open up the conversation at the time when, when freedom came to South Africa and also finding a way to open up the forgiveness. So what is it that makes you want to come down here? Well, we really go where there's a calling, and and it seems like this forgiveness process goes very, very deep, and when people open up to dialogue and can start to really talk, sit down and talk eye to eye and really open up and listen in a very loving, respectful way, we find that um, 
people and countries and different cultures have very different perceptions of the world. And it's, it's a temptation sometimes to get into the blame game and point the finger at each other. But, but really, we find that the draw, I think, for me to come to South Africa is that I just have friends over there. And also, I just have, have followed along South Africa in its history. And it's been a, a shining example to all the world of, of reconciliation and peace. And there's been so many enormous steps taken. And, and in one sense, South Africa is really known for, for making great efforts to forgive and be an example for all humankind. And so to me, it's just exciting to come over there and come to a new country and meet the people face to face. And, and so that's, that's where it is for me. And, and the rest of the team? Francis. So Francis and Jason had a, a chat with myself and my son last night, which was very exciting for my son on Skype. And, and I, I said I'd keep some questions for you guys. What, what is it um, that made you want to come to South Africa? Hello. Are they there? Yes. For yeah. me, it's, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's always been kind of a, it's a calling in some way, even Australia was one of those in South Africa is I just felt like I've known that I'm coming there and I'm going to see like faces that I've, I've already seen in, in dreams or something. So it's, it's almost like a script is is written and I'm... I'm Jason, I'm going to ask you to speak up a little bit. You're, you're a little bit faint on our side. Jason? Okay, how's this? Can That's you hear me now? Much better. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying that for me, it's, it's like following out a script that I've known for a while is going to play out, and I'm just going to meet everybody that I've already met in a dream or something like that. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it just feels exciting to come down with my my best and closest friends and share this this vibe with, with you guys and with each other. And this is deep love that we have after having spent anywhere from five to ten years together, really practicing this forgiveness that David's talking about in a very very deep level, like not just, oh, you did this to me and, you know, I'm going to overlook this or, um, you know, pretend it never happened or try to forget, so to speak. It's but, really but, letting up, like, what is that? What does that really mean? You know, I, I, we, we're reading currently there's a wave sweeping throughout the world. And, and earlier in the year, we saw on um, the Time magazine, you know, for, for a, a publication, a news publication to be taking stuff like meditation and mindfulness and love and forgiveness that seriously. You know, it's, it's quite a, and then that created quite a debate. But what does that really mean for a person who's hearing this for the first time? What does, true, deep conversation around forgiveness really mean? What would I experience when I come to the retreat? Well, the, the absence of all of all concepts. Like when we talked last night, you know, the show is dedicated a lot to woman empowerment. And, and we say we use everything as an inroad. And, and the, the actual experience of forgiveness Forgiveness goes beyond all concepts, beyond woman, beyond man, beyond beyond human being, even beyond right and wrong. So all of those things, there's actually a section in something 
we study called yeah, of Course in Miracles, where he actually goes through what forgiveness to destroy is, and that is, oh, I'm better than you, so I'll forgive you, or um, I've done this in the past, so I can forgive you. But we're talking about a forgiveness on such a deep level that you you literally see your brother as your savior for whatever they seem to do, because it brings up the beliefs in your mind that need to be questioned and let go of. Well, isn't, you know, I, I think you raised something that that's how we're all raised, you know, as little kids. When somebody does something bad to you, your parents say one of two things. You you be the bigger person, so let that go or ignore it, you know. So w- when you talk about kind of forgiving to destroy, is is that not a bit of the foundation that we're kind of raised with? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And... Is that David in the back? Hello? To destroy is we're raised with this perception that we've been wronged and we've been mistreated, and it's kind of a a universal kind of sense of having a grievance against this world. Maybe it's against the the society we were born into or the parents that we had or or our siblings or our our teachers or authority figures, but when we go much deeper, we realize that there's there's like a filter in our mind, a little speck that's clouding our perception, and we call it ego, and it's it really is something that needs to be cleaned away, like cleaning the filter so that we can see the world in a new way. And, of course, we look at people like Mandela and, and Gandhi, and Buddha, and Jesus, and, and Mother Teresa, there's just many examples of those that have, have just dedicated their life to finding that peace where they see the world in a new way, and it's a very loving and gentle and kind way. And how, where do you begin that journey? For you, David, the journey has been years and years and years. For a person like myself that's only just been introduced to this experience, where does one begin that journey? What's the first step? Well, the first step, and Kirsten's here, she's got something to share too, but from, I think the first step is being authentic with your feelings and and letting all those feelings come to the surface of your mind. So even if there's little annoyances or irritations that you know we tend to think are just part of the human condition, we're very much in touch with letting all those thoughts and feelings come to the surface because when there's a sense of repression and denial, then you can't really reach this deep peace and you need to, to let it up. So that's something that we really focus on in our retreats. And Kirsty wanted to share something? Kirsten? Yes, hi Fumi. Hello. Uh, <laughs> for me, when I started on this uh, spiritual journey, I was in New Zealand, and I was trying to find a peaceful place on Earth. And I was recovering from uh, a head injury, and so I was very sensitive to noise and sound, and I was meditating and going inward, but I noticed that everywhere I went to, something noisy would start up next door, like the builders would start working on the property right next door to my house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I work from home, and and that kind of drives me a little crazy. (laughs) Isn't it? And I noticed noticed that the dogs would start or the builders would start, 
And I started to notice that even in New Zealand, which you'd think would you could find a quiet spot, <laughs> heaven on earth, I couldn't uh, find it. And I realized it was my mind. And uh, and so when I, I opened up this book, A Course in Miracles, and the first thing that I read in there was, you have no control over the external world. You only have control over your mind. And that was it for me. It just hit me so deeply. And, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so that that kind of, I get that. And I think a lot of people hear and read and, and you can see by the sales of kind of self-help books and online conversations about all of all of that kind of stuff of, of finding that quiet space or going deep within yourself is easier said or read than done. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and, and how did you transcend from just an understanding of, of what was required of you to that place where you could begin to still your mind? I, I started paying attention to, to the direction that my mind was going in, and I noticed very quickly that I was actually paying attention to what disturbed me most of the time. My thoughts were, were going towards the noisy environment and things I wanted to control or things I wanted to stop. Uh, and noticing my mind was just getting hooked on past thoughts and memories and staying with those thoughts and going round and round with them or just going off and getting lost in the stories. And then when I started with this um, this Course in Miracles, it, it basically gives you a lesson for every day of the year and that lesson is just something else to pay attention to as a starting point um, and, to just stop the thought. And David, why why a course in miracles? Why why the, yeah, that word in particular, miracles? Yeah, that's really a funny name because I think a lot of us were raised with hearing about miracles in the olden times and ancient traditions, or Jesus walk, walking on water, or turning, you know, water into wine, and, um, yeah, and I, I can find never kind do of a, that. I know, it's, it's, it's so funny to think of a course in miracles, like, almost like a course in uh, science, or a course in, uh, you know, learning something of the world, but to me, the word a course implies that it can be a practical educational process or training of your mind, and miracles are more like shifts in your perception, so you're opening your your eyes, your heart, your your whole consciousness to a new way of looking at the world, and it, it kind of implies that, that you have to put some discipline to it, like you do when you're learning something in the world. And I've discovered that it's kind of funny that it's called A Course in Miracles because it's really a course in unlearning everything that you believe about the world, very much like Buddhism is, you know, emptying your mind of everything you think you think. So it's kind of funny that it's even called that, but it, it kind of is for the Western world is so big on learning, you know, that's kind of a, a context for it. And you see, because unlearning, th- these words, unlearning, miracles, emptying your mind, are, are words that for a lot of us are words that are steeped in some kind of spirituality or a particular denomination do you guys ascribe to any is it 
just an, an understanding of peace and tranquility and forgiving? Or is it, do I have to be a Christian to be part of the movement? Or do I have to be a Buddhist to be part of the movement? No, no not, not at all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very much that that a lot of us have cultural beliefs that we were raised with and, and different theological beliefs, but this this experience really transcends really all theologies, and, and that was refreshing for me that when I first read that, you know, that there's many pathways to God and that um, it's only the time you take it is voluntary. So it's like it brought it back to, oh, it's how willing am I to forgive? How how much do I desire peace of mind? And so we meet with people from all, all kinds of cultures, many different languages, and, and they have many different... Um, religious beliefs, or some are atheist or agnostic, and it doesn't matter to us in the least bit any of those distinctions, because we're really interested in this deep love and connection and oneness that we all share. So, uh, yeah, we we welcome everyone, and, and we certainly don't feel like there's any anything more of an advantage to one belief system over another. And, um, Jason, yesterday when we were talking, you were talking about that the experience is always different, that the, the people that come in to the workshops or the retreats are, are part of what make wh- what that would be. What does that really mean? Well, yeah, the, I remember the last night we were talking about that, that you were saying, what would a retreat look like? And we are so spontaneous and so in the moment that, we never know exactly how the form will look, meaning what conversations will happen, but we have movies uh, available that really the call of the heart is answered. So even if people don't actually voice their questions, somehow like the spirit comes amongst us and and pulls out whatever really serves the whole in the moment, and everybody receives the blessing of that answer. And that's what inspires us, because it's, it's one call and one answer, and we all... We all wake up together. You know, you, you say that about having the movies and stuff. When I was l- looking last night, reading up um, on the work that you do, I came across this movie watcher's guide to enlightenment. So, and that <laughs> I studied film, so anything that says film or movies is one of my like it draws me in. And and I found that such a that finding in Hollywood movies modern-day parables for awakening. How does that work? Yeah, you you, are, you just said it. Modern-day parables of awakening. Like, thousands of years ago, you know, Jesus gave all of these parables, and and then you hear some of Buddhist monks, but nowadays we use very present parables, like movies like Lucy or Life of the House or Transcendent, to really go into the ideas of forgiveness and we find it's a very direct path, actually, because a lot of times the personal can get involved or people are afraid to say what's really on their heart, but you just dim the lights, you put on a good movie that just takes the mind past the conscious and into the unconscious, and then the spirit just can come in and, and address everything that needs to be addressed in such a loving, gentle, and inspiring way, and everybody walks away like they've, they've been in a retreat for a week. Or <laughs> <laughs> and how, I mean, what movies? Are there movies in particular that 
that you draw on or can it be any movie and what should I be looking out for? Uh, well, actually, it can be any movie. Some of them we call mind watchers, meaning there might not be an overt message, but you can just use it to watch your emotions and your thoughts that arise and see what, what's in the unconscious for healing. But we tend to show what we call classic movies, movies like, um, well, actually, I watched that just recently, the Mandela Long, I think it's Long Walk to Freedom. Yes, yes, like yes, yes. In my preparation for coming to South Africa, and I just thought that was a beautiful message of of forgiveness. That no matter what the conditions, and even what was beautiful for me was seeing Mandela in the beginning. You know, kind of going for peace through, you know, being very outspoken and very very purposeful in his words. And then he got into some violence, and he started to see that and this goes a lot deeper. And twenty years of prison really helped kind of shape, shape really the character, so to speak, the mind into coming into a much more real experience of forgiveness. So when he came out, he was actually demonstrating what he practiced in terms of inner peace uh, to everybody. And his wife, who I guess had only gone through, I don't know, something like 16 months, which was still pretty intense, still had this kind of an, an anger, and they, they actually went their separate ways. And it just, I just thought it really showed quite beautifully how it takes an inner cleansing of the mind and then that just gets reflected outwards. So. And speaking of kind of the inner cleansing of the mind, how much, in, in order to, to do this, how much of it needs a separation from, does it have to be in a retreat, a separation from the everyday kind of space? Or can I be sitting in my room and 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 get into that space. And how can I do that? Well, actually, movies are a modern-day parable. So we, we like to say sometimes that we're modern-day monks and we carry an iPhone. <laughs> so, um, and what I mean by that is, like, some of us are called into, like, a deep reverent life where we have we have a monastery and we have a contemplative, prayerful, meditative, but most of us are actually called from those spaces out among what the Course Miracles calls our many busy doings, but you stay in this quiet center and you go about your miracle working, practicing, and learning to make no distinctions, not only between a quiet place and a non-quiet place, say, as the world, but also between the inner and the outer, until eventually you see there's just no difference between what you see and what what is in your mind. And that's pretty deep, but that's, that's when the duality collapses into unity. I want to ask Kirsten this. So, so Kirsten, when, when you got into, into the zone, as it were, do you find you no longer hear the neighbor's dogs or do you just don't care? <laughs> um, it was, I think it was both, but in some cases those, those things actually disappeared. Um, there was one, the, the aeroplane seemed to have this route where they would come straight from my house, they would circle around over my house and then disappear, <laughs> and I could hear them coming from miles away. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, you seem to be living my life. <laughs> the aeroplanes, the neighbor's dogs, the builders, <laughs> all my everyday busyness that. 
And so it was so profound for me because in a notice this and watch this and watch my mind and say, okay, I'm willing to, to let this thought go. And then I swear, after two months of this, the airplanes were rerouted. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a miracle. <laughs> I love the fact that you call yourselves the messengers of peace. Because I think that is, you know, the, the world at large and people as individuals need so much peace right now. Why in particular messengers of peace? Well, I think there's a lot of depth behind the peace of mind that we radiate. And like uh, for me, it's fun to watch people come into our awareness to retreats or people we meet on the street or whatever, because they, their faces light up. They feel the love and the presence. And, and so a messenger first has to receive the messages of spirit uh, in his or her own mind and, and then really be a living demonstration of that before we can actually have something meaningful to say. Because it's like with children, you know, if, if parents say don't fight and don't smoke and don't drink, but they don't have the, the demonstration of it, the parents, the children will think that they're hypocrites. <laughs> they won't follow them at all. Yeah. So we've found that, that the transformation starts in our own hearts and our own minds and then um, the only way to be messengers of peace is actually to be peaceful, like the Beatitudes in the Bible, and that takes a lot of inner work, and it takes, you might say, discipline, um, but then once you give yourself fully over to it and, and your purity becomes very, very apparent, then you actually just radiate the state of peace, and it doesn't matter what circumstances are, or who you're talking to or whatever, or even what they're saying, um, because you don't interpret it, and you don't interpret it in a negative way. And you start to see that humanity is just calling for love. There's just these calls for love everywhere. And when your your own mind is clear, then you can be a channel or like a an instrument, like St. Francis talked about, for this piece. And it's more than the words. It's actually the attitude that does the teaching. And what about, so you bring up the, the parent and exemplary thing. Is there, can anybody come or is there an age restriction? Oh, no, everyone can come. Everyone is welcome. We have some 18-year-olds showing up just so so deeply aware and, and all they want is peace of mind. And we have others in our community who are in their 80s. So. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And children, children actually, you know, come a lot of times to to gatherings and and so forth. And as a lot of us know, there's there's a lot of young people that are just seem to come with a great uh, clarity and a great demonstration of this peace that we're talking about. And somehow, just their presence is is the teacher amongst us. So we're we're very open to that. It's not something that's that's like age appropriate or that there's anything that that has anything to do with really the age of the person it's just the, the presence that we're aware of I'm, I'm going to take a short break when we come back I, I really want to talk about what changed your mind um, as it were 
into. So Kirsten's told us a lot about how her journey began, but for detractors, maybe. But let's take a short break and we'll continue after this.
one of my favorites, oldies, but still good. The best things in life are free by Janet Jackson. It's 1239 and I am talking to David Hofmeister and the messengers of peace. So, um, Francis, are you there? No one's heard you speak. So they probably think you're a figment of my imagination. Francis, um, is not here. She couldn't hear with, um, on she couldn't hear. Oh, okay. Because I, I wondered. I, I was just telling um, Louise, who helped me connect with you guys, that Frances laughs a lot, but she doesn't speak very much. But I think she's on the line. I'll, I want to find out about people that are not so open. You know, there's there's a lot of. So on the one hand, there's there's a lot of a, a very big uptake on kind of spirituality and finding yourself and living a more authentic life. But then on the other side, there's a lot of, um, is it dissidents? Is that what, what it would be that, that feel that it's, it's a very hippie life. This, you know, it's, it's so over there. It's so out there, maybe a little old, maybe only particular people can get into it. How, how do you, how do you deal with that kind of detraction? Anyone, David? I'm going to ask David. David, well, I find that it's like I think of it as like we call forth witnesses in this world, in this life, um, based on what it, our focus is. And so um, that's, you were asking before the break about how do you actually change your mind? And I think that it's taken a strong devotion of what do I want to see in the world? What what do I want to experience? And like a laser beam, um, when I put peace of mind and love and happiness and joy and freedom in front of absolutely everything else, uh, then my mind started to shift towards those experiences and become much more consistent. And I find that uh, I call this world Distractionville because <laughs> there's so many <laughs> ways to distract. Distractionville. Uh, so I thought, okay, God, I'm I'm living in Distractionville. Help me out. <laughs> and um, it's really worked because because with with the focus being so strong, I noticed that the lyrics of the songs I listened to for decades were all speaking to me of this great wisdom. But I I didn't have the ears to hear it before. I just liked the songs, and then suddenly the lyrics started jumping out at me. I noticed that the movies I was drawn to were like my heart was opening up so fast and and I felt like wow something major is happening here and it's it's like I don't even know what it is and then I found that just heart to heart talks and and really showing up with the desire to really connect was the most important thing and I started to let go of my pursuits in the world because we're all taught that you know if we have a lot of money and we have a lot of education, we have a lot of skills that we'll have better relationships and we'll be more prosperous and more abundant. But there's something that's a lie in that, in the sense that uh, if we don't have a sense of purpose and a sense of deep meaning in our hearts, it's so easy to get lost in this world. And so I, I find now that I'm not even concerned when, when people say, oh, I'm not into that, or that's ridiculous, or that's silly, I just smile at them and, and sometimes just have a good chat with them about whatever they're interested in, but but I'm I'm not really interested in trying to change other people. 
Well, and and I suppose that's the you you can't be in charge of the outside. You can only be in charge of what's in you. You can only yeah, be in right. control of that. But yeah. h- how how does one get over so what's on the inside? If you are angry, how does one get over anger because that's one of the stumbling blocks to forgiveness? Yeah, I think just like if we have owner's manuals for our cars and our appliances, but not for our mind. <laughs> but <laughs> what I've learned is that, Helpful kids. <laughs> you know, it, it helps to have an owner's manual for your mind. And, and anger comes from this belief in mistreatment and abuse, that there's actually something outside of yourself that's causing you to, to be upset. So... It, in A Course in Miracles, you know, we, we have a lesson number five of the book, of the workbook is, I'm never upset for the reason I think. And then it goes on to train our minds to start to realize that we're holding on to attack thoughts and grievances, and nobody's upsetting us. We're just upsetting ourselves by believing in this mistreatment. Now, that seems to be pretty steep because some people would say, well, there's a lot of mistreatment in this world. And I would say, yeah, that's that's that faulty perception that we've we've been hoodwinked or we've been tricked into believing, and we've been raised with it. And now it's time to empower ourselves and come back to that that peace of mind where we can actually choose how we feel. But we really have to be in alignment with what we think, and and we have to let go of a lot of false beliefs and assumptions that we've just been uh, holding on to. Well, assumptions and false beliefs are, are one thing, but in 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 a world where in South Africa, I think what's what's gonna what you're gonna find here is there are lots of amazing people in South Africa and lots of beauty everywhere around us, but th- there are also a lot of challenges. So no matter how hard you're trying, um, or to get there, to to crawl out of a situation of poverty to study to learn to give yourselves because the the world we live in is a world that says to give yourself the best chance of moving away from an environment you're in you have to act in a particular way and even when you do we have a lot of young people that are unemployed here in South Africa and and so that that anger is is something that's always constantly bubbling underneath how how can we on a bigger level work through that? Well, it's interesting from all this travel for all these years because I've gone to third world countries and and been to Western industrialized countries, and I actually have to say honestly that that materialism and this desire to have more, more, more of of everything is is actually a very huge distraction to peace of mind. And sometimes when I've gone to countries uh, where there's extreme poverty, where there's starving children, where there's been lots of war and strife, maybe we'll say for decades, the mind actually starts to crack open and say, wait a minute, there's got to be a better way. And so I find that while most people consider, like, poverty to be just a disease and a blight of this world, that um, 
Jesus had said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And what I found is, is that there's, there's an, a simple opening, like a crack or a doorway, into an, a beautiful acceptance of our divine nature that comes when we actually become disillusioned with the world and see that there has to be a better way, that, that love would never intend for us to suffer and love would never intend for us to struggle. So to me, some of my trips to you know Argentina and Colombia and some of countries that where people are living, for example, on a couple dollars a day, over 50% of the population, um, there's something there that my heart just, it just reaches out, it just pours through, and, and I see the eyes light up, um, whereas a lot of people that seem to be very, very affluent, um, they've got a, like a cushy, comfortable, um, like an edge that's there, and, and they, they've, they've lost track of the meaning of life. Mm. They've lost track of simple, simple joys. Sure. And so you're in South Africa from the 4th to the 24th of December and you're all over South Africa. Where, where can people, where can my listeners, um, get more information of, or book, or come and see you where you're talking? What does your, your South Africa tour look like? Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Jason question? <laughs> Yeah, and Frances is back too. As soon as you said her name, I came and got her. But she, um, we're going to be starting out in Cape Town, I think around the gatherings around the 4th of December. And then we're heading over to Joburg. And then we're going down to Durban. And then we have a retreat in Moorfield, which is between, it's like the name of a, name of a venue or a like a farm that's between Joburg and Durban. And in Newcastle. In, in Newcastle, which, like, when I saw that, I was like, what? That is in the heart of Zululand. <laughs> it's in, it's in, yeah. in, in some of the most beautiful part of South Africa. It's mountainous. It's amazing. It's amazing out there, and you'll enjoy it. Is that going to be a retreat, and people have to be there for the whole period? That's a, it says um, on my on my flyer here, it says you'll be there from the 19th to the 24th. All these dates, are they one-day seminars? Are they three-day experiences? What is a person supposed to, if, if I'm listening today and I, I'd like to, to join in this conversation and to, to begin my journey, how, what can I expect in those days? Is it is it a three day experience? Is it a one day experience? Is it two hours, five hours? What does it look like? Oh, thank you. Yeah, we have a Living Miracles South Africa or um, David Hoffmeister South Africa Facebook page, which people can find. And basically, we're open to everybody, however however deep and however much time they want to spend. So we have just evening gatherings, which are either on donation or sometimes there's a cost, all the way to a full weekend retreat. And each city is different. Um, some may say we'd really like you to come for the whole weekend. Some may say if you start, you can leave when you feel. Uh, but we usually have like a Thursday or a Friday evening gathering that gives people a taste of what this is like. And then, then they can commit to a weekend or a full day gathering and really go deep. And then the idea was that after all those cities where we do a full weekend, 
there will be an opportunity to do a full week um, retreat in Moorfield. Cape Town actually has more of like a week retreat as well. But yeah, we just we wanted to give everybody as much a chance as they could to go into this as we did. So Living Miracles Tour is the key word to look for on Facebook um, to get the South Africa dates. Is, is that right? Um, I I have to say, I actually forget if it's, uh, Francis is looking it up right now, if it's Living Miracles South Africa or... Livingmiracles.co.za, I also have. Yeah, sure. and, and 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 what other social media platforms? If I'm looking for you guys, where else do I find you? We have um we have a website, livingmiraclescenter.org, and we'll have all of our coming events in South Africa on there. Fantastic! And how does one get hold of the handbook? I've never seen it, and I go. I'm still those people that go to bookstores. Um, even though it's it's a dwind, apparently a dwindling uh, pastime, but I I haven't seen it in bookstores. Where do I get hold of a of a course, the course material, as it were, as David said? Where do I get hold of the course material for Living Miracles? Yeah, well, we have all sorts of um, materials on our website, Living Miracles Again, We all, it's just on the Facebook page. It's called Living Miracles South Africa Tour with David Hoffmeister and. Amazon.com actually is probably the best way in South Africa to order either the Course in Miracles, which is not published by us, but more of like an international organization. And um, the Movie Watcher's Guide will be on Amazon.com and on our website, so you can watch these great movies and get a spiritual setup so that you can just sit back, relax, and, and wake up. Yeah. This website... I'm just also just trying to make sure that I get living miracles or one word dot co dot za. I'll also put the information up on my Facebook and we'll put it up. If you, dear listener, if you're interested, I'm gonna put it up also on on our WeChat page. And when you see the when you're downloading the podcast, you'll be able to get all of that information. So we have literally five minutes left, and I'm gonna ask you to do a little a little test. With me, because I'm one of those people. Kirsten, I'm a lot like you. The, the, the bee flying into the studio irritates me tremendously. Driving in the traffic irritates me tremendously. How, how can I, as Pumi, having this conversation now, begin to, um, be more mindful of bringing the, the positive? To the conscious space. If 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 I want to let go of some of that road rage anger that I have driving to the studio every day. So, well, that's oh, you broke up there a little bit. Was that David or Jason? I seem to have lost. I've lost somebody. Hello, hello. I'm going to play a, we're going to play a little thing. Jason, are you back on? No? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now, Jason. Okay, yeah. I was just saying that the one thing I would bring into this is just is a line that says, be very, very gentle with yourself. If resistance is high and dedication seems weak, be gentle. And in the beginning, it just asks for three minutes a day where you, you, you stop all that you're doing and you just give yourself one minute three times a day to, to realize it 
you're never upset for the reason you think. And just allow the spirit to come in and, and take his mind to go deeper. And just that simple practice of one minute, three times a day, just begins to radically change change your life, actually. One minute, three times a day, just being mindful of the fact that I'm not angry for what I think I'm angry about and, and figuring out what it is what it is that, that's actually bringing me to that state, yeah? Yeah, like this actually one of my favorite lessons is let me recognize the problem so that it can be solved. And if you read the lesson near the very end, it says, to the extent you do not try to define the problem, to the extent you will receive the experience that we're going for. Everybody thinks they know the problem or the reason they're upset, and then they try to solve it. And the spirit is saying, no, don't even think you understand the problem. Let me come in and show you there is no problem. And that's being led like a little child back home, you know, to our true nature, to heaven. Mm. So don't, it's it's not in trying to solve the problem. It's in experiencing that moment. Exactly, exactly. Now that's radical. That's totally goes against all normal spirituality where you even try to find what you're thinking as the problem that seems to cause the external behavior. And we're saying, no, 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 let's go deeper. Let's come to a place where we see there is there is no problem and join in that. Wow. I think that's a great place to end this. I'm I'm gonna because I think of myself as a problem solver, that I can solve it, whatever the problem is, but I'm gonna do that. Spend a minute a day kind of not trying to solve the problem, just figuring out yeah. why, where I am, why I'm here and, and experiencing it instead of trying to fix it. Yeah, amen. I like that. I like that. Thank you so much, David, Francis. I know you came back, Francis. Kirsten, yeah. Jason, thank you so much. Thank you for taking your time. Thank yeah. you for waking up to come chat with us. I know this is in the middle of the night. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to have this conversation yeah. with us. I, I, I think for me, I think I'm definitely a richer person. I'm going to be driving home now in the traffic and being aware of the experience rather than trying to find the shortest or quickest lane. Thank you, Fumi. Thank you so much for inviting us. And we'll, I will definitely make a turn. I'd love to come and see you in action. Um, I'm in Johannesburg and let me see that's in December. I'll be here. I'll be in Johannesburg at that time. So I'll definitely come and see you out then. Beautiful. You won't be emptying the city. You'll be there. So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, that was a conversation about learning to forgive yourself and learning to find more peace and definitely more, more love for yourself and for those around you. I hope you enjoyed today's show as much as I did. It's two minutes to one. I'm looking out the window and I don't think I see any doctors in the house, but the doctors are coming up next. And join me again next week. It's Womandla right here on Cliff Central.